You're listening to the Kurdistan in America podcast, the official podcast of the Kurdistan Regional Government representation in Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Dulovan Barwari. Welcome to the second episode of Season 3. I have the honor of speaking with Congressman Jim Langevin. The primary focus of our discussion is the U.S.-Kurdistan relationship and the security situation in Kurdistan, Iraq, and the wider region. Congressman Langevin has been representing Rhode Island's 2nd Congressional District since 2001. He's a senior member of the House Armed Services Committee, as well as the Committee on Homeland Security. He graduated from Rhode Island College and earned a master's degree in public administration from Harvard University. And now, the interview with Congressman Jim Langevin. Congressman Langevin, welcome to the Kurdistan in America podcast, and thanks for joining me. Thank you. It's great to be with you. It's a pleasure having you. Congressman, let's begin our discussion with learning about you. How long have you been serving in Congress, and what led you to run for office? Well, uh, again, thank you for having me on the program. Uh, I've had the privilege of uh, representing the people of Rhode Island 2nd Congressional District now for uh, 11 terms. I'm in my 11th term, uh, so that's going on 22 years in, in Congress. Uh, and uh, it's been the privilege and honor of my life uh, to serve as the voice and the vote of the people of Rhode Island in, in the United States Congress. I actually started, first ran for public office uh, back in uh, 1985 when I ran as a delegate to our state's constitutional convention. My running for office actually came about as a, as a way of giving back to the community. Um, when I was 16 years old, I had a terrible accident. I was an uh, explorer scout, police cadet, uh, learning about law enforcement, working in the police station, and uh, unfortunately, uh, wrong place, wrong time. Uh, two police officers looking at a, a weapon that one of them had uh, just purchased. Uh, the other officer didn't realize the gun was loaded, and he pulled the trigger to test it, and the bullet um, went through my neck and severed my spinal cord. Uh, so it changed my life pretty dramatically. I thought I was going to be uh, involved in public service and law enforcement, uh, but uh, uh, my dreams were cut short, uh, and I had to dream new dreams and, and set new goals for myself. Um, but I was very touched profoundly by the amazing support that I received from the community. And for me, that made me want to give back, and I found that way of giving back through uh, through public service and in government and an elective office. And uh, it's been a, a labor of love and a lifelong uh, mission, if you will, ever ever since. That's a very impressive record, Congressman, and thanks for sharing the story with us. Now, you're a very well-known figure. So what should I ask you that people might be surprised to know about you? Mm. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. You know, my life is uh, is so much uh, an open book. You're living in... in public life for so long but uh, I guess uh, maybe the, the, the thing that maybe would surprise people is that uh, you know I, I tend to be more of a of, of an introvert than an extrovert uh, in my my time in, in 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 government I've always had to put myself outside my comfort zone uh, to you know to be out there in public speaking and and um, and going to a, a lot of events and speaking to large crowds I I, I t- would tend to be more the type that would you know, um, you know, maybe stick to a small circle of friends or speaking to a small group rather than large audiences. But uh, uh, that's, you know, that's not uh, the way the job goes. I, I am 
you know, I'm out there talking to people all the time. I'm meeting uh, with uh, large groups of people. So definitely outside my comfort zone uh, most days when I'm doing my job. But it's been okay. It's been a good learning experience for me. Wow. Thanks for sharing the story. That I would have never known. You, you've done so well. And now this brings us to my next question. Because we Kurds don't have a country of our own, of course, not many Americans have heard about Kurds or Kurdistan. So when was the first time you heard about Kurdistan? And what comes to your mind when you hear Kurds or Kurdistan? So I, I believe the first time I actually heard of, of Kurdistan and the Kurdish people uh, was there was um, uh, a, a um, some individuals came to my office, and I believe it was in my district office in Rhode Island, and they explained to me the, the plight of the, the Kurdish people and the, the challenges, the, 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 the pressures, the threats that they lived under uh, all the time. And and I have to say, I, I, I think of the Kurdish people as incredibly resilient, brave, and, and, and courageous. And so many times they've proven to be a, a great partner of the United States. So I am I'm uh, in great admiration of the of the Kurdish people. Thank you, Congressman. Now let's pivot to the United States involvement in the Kurdistan region. The U.S. is the leader of the global coalition to defeat ISIS. It supports the Peshmerga forces as well as the Iraqi army and the Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic forces in northeast Syria uh, in the fight against ISIS, but. American combat troops are officially out of Iraq. And at the same time, ISIS has regrouped and has stepped up its terrorist activities both in Iraq and Syria, as witnessed in the recent attempt to break out the prison in Hasaka, in Rojava, in northeast Syria. So how is a resurgent ISIS going to impact the area with the drawdown of U.S. forces in Iraq? You know, thanks for the question. I, I have to say I'm, I'm deeply concerned by the recent resurgence of, of ISIS, particularly uh, the prison break attempt that we saw, as you mentioned, in uh, uh, Rosava. And while, while combat troops are officially out of Iraq, uh, our support for uh, the Iraqi and Kurdish people remains. And uh, the last few weeks have been alarming uh, for the region and our allies. And I have to say that uh, it, you know, in concert with the global coalition to defeat ISIS, we absolutely must remain vigilant in order to prevent ISIS from uh, reconstituting. Thank you. And here's a related question. You commonly voted for additional tr support for of U.S. troops in Iraq, but you favored the timeline for pulling out the troops. So in your view, what is the best strategy for the U.S. and the rest of the coalition to ensure that ISIS doesn't rise again? So I, I've, I've always been in favor of a strong, clear timeline for, uh, for the U.S. Uh, combat troops withdrawal. Um, you know, my opinion, especially that, that as we focus on when the job is done, um, but, but the uh, withdrawal of combat troops does not mean that our support uh, in the region is over. Uh, the United States and, and Kurdistan stand shoulder to shoulder uh, in our in our shared opposition to extremism and uh, and terrorism, and we absolutely must remain vigilant and proactive uh, against ISIS. And, and the the past few weeks have uh, have only proven that uh, the 
uh, ISIS ideology is very much alive and a threat uh, in the region. Now, I have to say the Biden administration's resolve to uh, counter ISIS remains uh, undeterred and uh, was most recently demonstrated by the, the operation to take ISIS leader uh, Haji Abdullah uh, off the battlefield. Uh, that's that's important. Absolutely. Now, there is also another issue in in Iraq and, and, and also in the disputed areas between the Iraqi territory that's controlled by the central government and the Kurdistan region. And basically, in Nineveh Plains and Sinjar District and parts of Kirkuk and other areas, is the issue of rogue militia groups operating in those areas. Uh, basically, it has created a corridor for ISIS to operate because uh, joint operations between the Peshmerga forces and the Iraqi army has become a challenge. What's your take on that? Could you just repeat that one question one more time? I apologize. Yeah, the question is uh, your view on, on the situation in Nineveh Plains and Sinjar District, Sinjar region, is an area where rogue militia groups are operating. Some of them are supported by foreign governments, are preventing, one, the implementation of the Sinjar agreement between the Iraqi government and the KRG, as well as the return of IDPs, the Christians, and Yazidis to their places of origin. Yeah, so the situation is uh, it, it is concerning. I'm going to have to uh, look into that uh, uh, more directly. But um, when you know there's uh, rogue militia groups that are that are operating that threaten uh, stability and lives, we we all need to uh, be concerned about that and and to work together to to prevent it. And Congressman Lenjamin. As you may know, concurrent resolution 32, which is a bipartisan resolution, has been introduced to Congress. The resolution commemorates the 30th anniversary of Operation Provide Comfort, and it also honors the Kurdish-American partnership today. What's your view on that resolution? Well, I have to say it's it's hard to believe that uh, nearly 30 years ago, Saddam Hussein's absolutely abominable uh, actions against the Kurdish people caused almost a million Kurds to flee uh, into southern Turkey. Uh, I, I remain proud uh, of the actions the United States and our brave men and women in uniform took uh, during Operation Provide Comfort, uh, and the, uh, the resilience of the Kurdish people is truly courageous. Um, the, the, the events of 30 years ago illustrates uh, the enduring relationships between the United States and the Kurdish people, and, and that's why I'm a, a, a proud co-sponsor of, uh, of this resolution. Uh, thank you for the support, Congressman. Absolutely. Finally, in your view, how can the United States and KRG's relations grow? How can we foster the relations? I'm glad you asked the question. You know, I'm a firm believer that diplomacy and ongoing uh, sustained cooperation are critical to facilitating an enduring relationship. Uh, these interactions need to occur uh, in, in all realms, whether they be sustained relationships in, in national security, uh, in government or culture, uh, and in conversations such as this podcast itself, in addition to the informative conversation I had this past summer with uh, uh, Madam Ambassador uh, Abdul Rahman, uh, provide two great examples of, of uh, interactions to help 
to strengthen ties between the United States and, United States and, and uh, KIG. And uh, moreover, I'm always in favor of more cultural exchanges and educational opportunities for us to learn more about each other, our, our respective cultures, and uh, our shared interests. I think there's, there's so much we can learn from each other. You know, at the end of the day, people are people too. And I think as we come to know each other, uh, learn about each other, uh, hopefully that strengthens bonds. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, Congressman. Now, any final words that you want to add before we wrap up the interview? Well, I, again, thank you for having me on the uh, the program today. And as I said, uh, I'm in, I, I'm really in great admiration of the Kurdish people. Um, they have uh, not always been treated fairly. We we know that from from history. And uh, and uh, I am uh, impressed by the courage, the resilience of the Kurdish people. And um, and uh, I hope that we can uh, see peace in that region one day and the uh, near future and uh, where the, the, the Kurdish people can live uh, in safety and security. And again, and I hope our partnership in the United States and, uh, and the Kurdish people will, will strengthen and grow over time. Thank you very much, Congressman Langevin. It's been an honor having you. Thanks for the opportunity. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Kurdistan in America podcast, the official podcast of the Kurdistan Regional Government representation in Washington, D.C. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast either on Buzzsprouts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. Also, for more information about the Kurdistan region, please visit our website at www.us.gov.krd or follow us on Twitter at krg_usa. USA.